Warning! This episode contains foul language and references to murder, mutilation, and sexual assault. Hi weirdos, Ashley here. Just wanted to do a little intro for this special episode. I hope you can't hear the leaf blower um, that is blowing right outside my window, but if you can, bear with me for two minutes. Lauren and I were both very sick and didn't get to record for this week, but... It's also the very first month that Amy and I are doing the weird report over on our Patreon. So I thought I'd give everyone a sneak peek into our new bonus episode slash newsletter combo over at www.patreon.com slash keep it weird podcast. We've decided to merge the newsletter into an episode all on its own. It's full of true crime updates and news, upcoming horror movie, TV, and documentary announcements, strange current news stories, and we will, of course, wrap up every single one of these with some real-life scary stories with music and sound effects, the works. If you're worried about our patrons or are a patron and you're like, oh man, no fair, this is our perk. Have no fear, because I have recorded a special bonus episode for you this month that will be released this weekend. So, moving forward, if you are a $10 patron, you will get an episode of The Weird Report and another bonus episode of Keep It Tiered, hosted by Lauren. Also, if you're a patron, we've announced our Halloween episode lineup, so hopefully you saw that on your feeds. For everyone else, we'll be posting it on our social media on Monday, so keep an eye out for that at Keep It Weirdcast on Instagram and Twitter. We'll be back to you on YouTube next week with the first of our very special Halloween episodes, and y'all are not going to want to miss that one. Okay, without further ado, welcome to the weird report Weirdos alike, and welcome to the Weird Report. Every month, we're going to be bringing you all the strange, creepy, gross, scary, wonderful news that you would have received in our monthly newsletter, but now it's coming out of our mouths. We're bringing you strange current news stories, some true crime updates, upcoming horror movie TV documentary news, and of course, we've got some scary stories to listen to in the dark. My name is Ashley and my co-host, or should I say co-anchor for this news program, is the lovely and hilarious Miss Amy Hanselman. (laughs) Thanks, Ashley. (laughs) I'll take it from here. (laughs) And here's Joe with the news. (laughs) And Joe's just like, the news is all terrible. (laughs) He's like, it's still terrible. It was terrible yesterday. It's going to be terrible tomorrow. (laughs) terrible today capitalism is terrible (laughs) end of news (laughs) uh amy i'm really excited to go on this new adventure with you i know i'm the only concern is that we're gonna make a four-hour episode accidentally well it's totally possible but we'll see this is our first one 
Um, mm-hmm. So we have we have planned out all of our little segments and our our, our, our notes and our news, and we'll see how long it is, <laughs> and then we'll know how much <laughs> to bring next month. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is a test. This is only a test. Well, listen. Let's jump right in. Um, mm-hmm. Let's start with this month in weird weird. Okay, this might be my favorite news story of the year. It is from last month. Womp womp. Sorry, but we haven't talked about it yet, and I have to talk about it. So, ChatGPT. Everyone knows what that is, right? Never heard of it. (laughs) ChatGPT. Well, honestly, though, for anyone who doesn't know, ChatGPT is like an AI language program where you can have a conversation with ai and also yeah the ai can be programmed to do different things so you know chat gbt can write resumes for you can give you relationship advice and a lot of businesses are using and programming chat gbt to work in ways that fit their business or their function so a company called catloaf software based out of Los Angeles, has launched an app called Text with Jesus. Okay. It's an AI Jesus. And... This is your favorite story. Favorite, yes. Yeah. Okay. Let me go on. And you... Okay. ...might learn why. So, um... Apparently before this, the ChatGPT thing, the company would send users a daily word of wisdom from Jesus. But now, Mm -hmm. thanks to ChatGPT, you can actually chat with Jesus or anyone else in the Bible. Okay. (laughs) So you can chat with the devil. Yes. Or demons. Yeah, you can chat with Satan. According to the app developer, Stefan Peter, they wanted to create an app for devoted Christians who are seeking a deeper connection with the Bible's most iconic figures. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, you could chat with Mary or Joseph or Jesus or Adam or Eve. And if you pay $2.99 a month, you can unlock additional characters like Mary Magdalene or Satan. Which is totally oh worth God. three dollars, people. Yeah, totally worth it. I think so. It should be noted that they did not seek the advice of any theological scholars in creating the app, which is typical. Uh, but they did train the AI to stick to the biblical tradition as hard as possible. Um, this is the funniest line from this news release the beta version was tested by church leaders and they complained that jesus had an uptight tone <laughs> <laughs> well but then peter stefan says uh but the final version received quote pretty good feedback so that's a really tight I mean, sell stefan i do i do kind of feel like jesus could party Totally. So wait, I think that's like <laughs> valid because he was like, my best friend is a sex worker. Uh huh. My other best friends, a all drink wine, wine. <laughs> constantly. I yeah, like every time he goes to a party, people are like, the food's here, Jesus. and he's like, what's up, bitches? And then have he gives fish, all of them fishes bread. and loaves, and 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 then he's you know anybody got water? Wine. Yeah, yeah. I turned this water well bottle. into wine. 
Yeah, and then they're like, oh, we don't have any water. And he's like, I'll go run across some water and get it, and then I'll bring it back and it'll be wine. And they're like, there goes Jesus doing his walking on water shit again. Yeah, plus anybody who was like, oh, I'm looking at that woman and I'm attracted to her. She should cover up. And he'd be like, gouge out your own eyes. Yeah, pluck out your Gouge own out eyes. your own eyes. I'm a party monster. Party monster. Gouge <laughs> out your eyes. Topless love, women at all love. my parties. Well, topless women at all my parties because I can fucking handle myself. Yeah, I won't have to touch at all unless you wanted me to and ask nicely. So, in which case I would. Naturally, the app has caused some controversy, especially after Jesus was asked his thoughts on same-sex marriage. And Jesus replied, ultimately, it's not for me to condemn or condone individuals based on their sexual orientation. And that is not the answer that these people wanted. But that's the answer. Like, that is... That is literally what the Bible would tell you to do. Also, Jesus was bisexual. Jesus was a like, thousand percent Are you kidding me? Bi. That these 12... He and his 12 best platonic friends... His 12 best platonic just, like, platonic wandering around, not sucking each other's penises. Please. Like, please. Like... Anyway, sorry I interrupted. No, no, it's okay because the other person asked the same question and was told by Jesus that they should prioritize love and respect for all people regardless of their sexual orientation or gender identity. And he sent a rainbow emoji. (laughs) That also said, I mean, because here's the thing. What Jesus actually would have said was, I don't, I think gay marriage is cool and I'm into it and I love going to gay weddings and I actually bring all the wine to the gay weddings that I go to because I'm so excited to get invited and I want to keep getting invited to gay weddings. But they couldn't say that. So they were like, okay, like love every road, just love everybody. And And they're just like, no, you say it's the wrong choice. And it's like, it's not a choice. Why would anybody choose to be treated poorly? That's so dumb. Yeah, so I just really like that news story because when I first read about it, when I first read like the headline of like you can chat with Jesus and Jesus chat GPT, I was like, oh boy. And then I read more about it and I was like, first of all, Jesus chat GPT sounds awesome. It's just mm-hmm. every user of the the app sounds like someone I hate. Yeah, it is kind of, uh, you know, I think we were just talking about this the other day where we were talking about something where the fans were terrible. And I was like, it's kind of like Rick and Morty. Such a good show. Yeah. The people who love that show are the scum of the earth. I know. Like Joe and I really, really like that show. It's a very funny show. And like the scientific concepts, like the physics of it are hilarious. Like it's great. But I don't want to hang out with anyone who really likes Rick and Morty. (laughs) Yeah. Unless you on the DL like Rick and Morty, like the three of us. Yeah. You have to be secretive about it. Yeah. You can't tell anyone. I feel like there are different groups, though. I feel like stoners who like Rick and Morty are pretty chill. Because every one of my friends who smokes weed and watches Rick and Morty, I'm like, oh, cool. And then, like, everyone that watches Rick and Morty and doesn't do it high, it's like, what do you, how, how do you watch this show sober? I would never be able to watch that show if I was sober. No. Also, isn't Jinx Monsoon replacing Justin Roiland? I don't know what any of those words meant. Justin Roiland was the voice of Rick and Morty. He is not returning to the show because he had some sexual allegation stuff. Um, I don't know the details, so I can't comment on it. But essentially, uh, I think he... 
I don't know if they were allegations or I, I don't know, but it was something sexual and bad and he lost his job on the show. And I believe Jinx Monsoon, who is a really great um, RuPaul's Drag Race winner, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched Jinx's uh, season, is replacing Justin Roiland uh, in the voice acting for Rick and Morty. Okay. Well, uh, he is facing charges of felony domestic violence against Boof. a former girlfriend. Okay, so it so... was not even the sex thing. It was a beating your wife thing. Cool. Cool guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's okay. It's okay to beat your wife. Yeah, just <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. And we'll cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like, uh, listeners, you didn't get to hear this, but uh, last month, Ashley and I talked some real shit about one of her friends. And I listened to the episode and I was like, I wonder if she's going to leave it in. And everything was I cut out. And I was like, you coward. Yeah. Well, it, all, it was also a tangent and you proved me wrong in my thoughts. So it was like, well, this is fucking pointless because I thought I had a cool idea and it turns out I didn't. <laughs> Two bears. On an Alaska military base, oh, no. raided a Krispy Kreme donut van oh, my God. that was stopped outside of a convenience store during its delivery route. This <laughs> is in Alaska, okay? <laughs> and so bears, I don't know if you guys know this, bears are everywhere in Alaska. And this military base, like everybody who lives in this area, they know what's up. Like they're like, you got to be really careful. You don't want to draw the bears here. Like it's bad for everyone. But this driver left the doors open when he went inside the store and then when he came back out there were fucking bears inside it was um a mama bear and then two of her cubs and there's a cute little photo of the mama bear uh pawing at some donuts and the baby bear being really pumped about it she grabbed it off a shelf for him and the pair the bears just chomped on all the donut holes and other so pastries. I'm so happy for those bears. Uh, I know. And they and they were in there for like 20 minutes. And the driver was like, I was beating on the van and they're not moving. I could hear no. them breaking open the packages and everything. I was like, they don't even care. Mm-mm. They got and, to taste the Krispy Kreme now. <laughs> and I mean, and they're black bears. So, I, you know, they're like they're big raccoons. Generally yeah and they're generally pretty easy to scare away but it's like i'm not getting between a bear and a donut no like if i had a donut and a bear was running at me i'd be like you can have that donut my i donut. trust you with it even though it's crispy there's your donut and it tastes like melted hot sugar yeah. <laughs> um and then so they could and they just kept banging on the the truck and you know bears are scary so they had to get base security was called and they have a siren that bears really don't like oh. and they played the siren and it took a long time but they eventually, but eventually the bears was like we better get out of here yeah and apparently they were like loitering a bit <laughs> after they got out of the truck they were like hanging out in front of the convenience store like i don't know maybe thinking what have we got back in the <laughs> what have we got back in the donut <laughs> yeah, what truck else do, you guys have? <laughs> do, you, do you guys have beef jerky because <laughs> We like that more than donuts. But also maybe not. Maybe it's going to be like cocaine bear now where like anytime they get a whiff of a baked, a fried baked dough, they're just like, <laughs> ah, they just like freak out. Yeah. Well, and they even said at the end of the article, they were like, um, 
the store manager was like, just so you guys know, the delivery driver now closes his doors when he stops at our shop. Mm -hmm. And she said, she was like, we're cautious when we come in and when we leave, when we take out garbage, we do it in pairs, especially if it's dark. Everybody takes care yeah, to make sure safety. that they like lock up they yeah because it's like not only do you not want to run into a bear but you don't want bears to be reliant on humans for food yeah and you don't want bears to feel comfortable around humans it's bad for them and it's well, bad and there's for also us. so much uh financial loss that Krispy Kreme can take from this bear oh yeah run Alaskan Krispy Kreme that you don't yeah. want them to close your store because you can't keep up with the the bear cost. Yeah, it's just it's just too expensive. Krispy Kreme can't eat that cost. You're right. Mm -hmm. I didn't even think about poor Krispy Kreme. <laughs> you didn't even think about that big corporation. How how could you? <laughs> You're heartless. That underpays its workforce. Yeah, <laughs> that delivery driver probably makes nine dollars an hour, and he's like, now I have to fight bears on fight my bears. route. Come on. And now the bears know about him. Yeah. <laughs> they know about him, him and his truck and his donuts. Yeah. He'll never be safe again. He's going to be like <laughs> asleep in his bed, like at home with his wife. <laughs> and like there's going to be a tapping on the window. And it's just going to be a black bear like, hey, so. I know you've got my donut holes. I know you have donut holes in there. I can smell I it on your clothes. I know you have donut holes. Um, here's a weird one. This is from Monday, September 18th. The Air Force and FAA has denied permission for Varda Space's capsule to return and land on Earth. The capsule was in space manufacturing crystals of an HIV drug. And it mm -hmm. is a it's the first orbital drug factory of its kind, but it's now stuck in orbit after being denied reentry back to Earth due to safety concerns. Why did they make this drug in space? Was it just like too dangerous for humans Fucking, to interact with it? I honestly don't know. Gizmodo reached out to Varda Space to ask which regulatory requirements have not been met to allow them to land in the facility in Utah. And Varda mm -hmm. Space wrote back no comment. They wrote back they no wrote comment. They wrote back no comment. <clears throat> I... It's just easier to ignore an email at that point. Seriously, just don't respond. The capsule was designed for a full year in orbit if necessary, and they reported on Twitter that their spacecraft is healthy across all systems and that they, quote, look forward to continuing to collaborate with our government partners to bring our capsule back to Earth as soon as possible. But yeah, like, what is it that's dangerous because it's an hiv drug so it's not like they were up there like right. manufacturing hiv there it's an hiv yeah. drug. so like why can't it come back here this reminds me of oh my gosh the expanse have you ever seen it um no but i know what it is it's bad so anyway I've it's heard. a tv show where one person like this it, there's this infection in space and it gets on one person and then it grows and then it like takes over the whole spaceship and then the infection's everywhere Classic. and it's just like you just got to explode everything but then when you explode everything then the infection lives everywhere and it's i wish it could, it's one of those shows where you watch it and you're like there's so much like really good shit in this show and this show could be like so amazing but also there's lots of crappy bad stuff mm -hmm. like the lead actor is the worst fucking act he's the most boring person on the planet oh, no. he's like handsome in the most boring way no. but he's just not a good he's just like not a good actor 
and everyone around him is fantastic. That's everyone around him is a like, great actor. For women, we don't even need you to be traditionally handsome to want to fuck you. So, yeah. like, the fact that you get this, like, traditionally handsome guy and he can't act, it's like, how could you get Michael Sarah for all we care? Yeah, if Michael, like, honestly, I would have enjoyed that show so much more. Even if Michael Sarah was playing, like, a, it's a very serious character. Even if he was playing a very serious character, I think it would have been a lot better. Yeah. Or, like, if Jack Black was playing this character very seriously, I would have, it would have been better. It's just like, more interesting. Just, yeah, he gave the energy of a former model who just, like, tried out for something and then got it because of his connections as a model. And I'm like, yeah. I don't think you were a model, though. But you know what? It is kind of nice to hear that it happens to men, too, because it happens to women so often <laughs> where hot, hottie bow bodies are put in movies. And it's like, well, she can't even say her line. Yeah. Can't we get someone who can say a line? Well, and then the like the lead woman character who's basically on screen almost as much as him. She's hotter, frankly, and way better. And she's awesome. And she's great in the show. And then there's this other bl like bland-looking white guy that I was like, eh, he's all right. And then now, from the way that he acted and like his character, I would crack him in half. I would, <laughs> I would do anything for this man because he was so talented and he played this character so well. I have one more tiny, tiny news story. I think you're going to really enjoy this one, Amy, because we used to watch a lot of America's Next Top Model together. Mm-hmm. A so far unnamed imposter was chased down by security at New York Fashion Week this month for walking on the runway in a trash bag. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. The man came out to applause and cheers just like all the other models, but he was wearing a trash bag, swim trunks, and a shower cap on his head. <laughs> the audience wasn't even sure anything was wrong until he reached the end of the runway and security started chasing him. <laughs> so, yeah. Fashion is dumb, but I love it. Long live Fashion Week. I mean, fashion is so stupid. I mean, it's so dumb. And that's the thing is like, I like looking at beautiful clothing, but a lot Same. of times Fashion Week is just being like, oh. <laughs> uh, I mean, oh. oh. That's. That's going to be $9,000. Okay. Yeah. Joe and I just started watching season 19 of Project One Way. And he was like, we really should start like a drinking game. And I was like, yeah, but I feel like it's like take a shot every time. You don't know if you're supposed to like something or not. Yeah. <laughs> like every time you see an outfit that you're like, I really hate that, but I feel like I'm supposed to like it. I think it's in the top. Shots like that would be, I would be blitzed. Yeah. You would get so hammered. Well, anyway, oh my God, there's so much for you to cut out of this. <laughs> so Why? anyway, this is important stuff. Let's move yeah. on. Let's do some uh, true crime time. Uh, true crime time. We just need like we need special openings and songs for these segments. Should we? Oh, well, let's do it like a news show. <laughs> true crime time true crime. what's uh what's uh, coming down the wire there uh ashley well ashley cassidy in wherever you live illinois champagne normal champagne this <laughs> crime story is a little more current actually so our true crime time segment 
has always either been like seasonally appropriate or I figure now that we're doing this um, live, uh, um, one of us will come with maybe uh, maybe we won't have two true crime times in an episode. I know we do today. But I'm going to try and keep it like super current, like true crime updates or uh, true crimes that are happening currently that you maybe haven't heard about. Especially since this is buying a paywall, I feel a little bit more loosey-goosey about doing true crime. So, this is current. This happened in June. And it's a murder that took place in South Korea. It was a 23-year-old girl, the murderer, named Zhang Yu-Jung, whose motive was... She was curious. She's just curious. Just wanted to see what it was like. So she planned and executed a horrific murder. Not even like a lady murder. Not even like a I poisoned an old man. Poison, yeah. Like bad. Apparently, Zhang was obsessed with true crime. And according to what she's uh, told the authorities, she just couldn't stop thinking about committing a murder. So eventually, she decided to go through with it. So... She searched the internet for how to conceal a body. She read more true crime books. She watched true crime shows on TV. She was basically trying to pinpoint where people went wrong in regards to the disposing of the victims, where they slipped up so she wouldn't make the well, same mistake. Well, it sounds like she slipped up Here's anyway. The thing. I find that hard to believe because she made a lot of mistakes and also got caught immediately, like next day. So, <clears throat> so to find a victim... Zhang, oh, I didn't have the microphone up to my mouth. I have to start over. <laughs> <laughs> to find a victim. Uh, let's get check um, back in with Ashley Cassidy and see what she's got let's for us now. One more time. To find a victim, Zhang downloaded an app that connects parents with tutors for their kids. She posed as the mother uh. of a ninth grade girl hoping to improve her English, and she matched with a tutor. The victim, whose name still hasn't been released, but was another 20-something-year-old girl. Then, Zhang set a date with the tutor for a few days later for the tutor to meet her quote-unquote daughter. And not only that, Zhang found a school uniform from an online flea market and went to the victim's house dressed as the student, as the daughter. And when the tutor let her in the door, Zhang immediately stabbed her to death with a knife that she had brought from home. She reportedly stabbed her 111 times. This was her having done lots of research on how to get away with a crime? Yeah. Okay. But also, like, I can't even imagine what 111 stabs would be. Hopefully, Hopefully, it's 90 extra stabs after you die. That's what I hope. Uh, Well, then, listen to this. This is, I do not believe she planned a single fucking moment of this. So she stabbed her 111 times. Then she went to a store nearby, bought bleach and trash bags, and returned to the victim's home to dismember her. So she also took her phone ID and wallet, and then she stuffed the victim's pieces into a suitcase. Then... To dispose of the body, Zhang walked a few blocks. They have it all on camera because it's South Korea and like downtown. Right, they all have CCTV. CCTV everywhere. (coughs) Um, She called a taxi 
and asked the taxi to take her to a wooded area where Zhang dumped the suitcase <laughs> full of body parts and then apparently got back in the taxi and was like, now take me back. Um, so the taxi driver was like, this seems sus. And he ended yeah. up <laughs> reporting her to the police right away. And the police, having not known like what happened, went to her house and found bloody clothes um in bags some body parts that she had taken home um <laughs> and also this is the, not funny but i know the id the phone and the wallet of the victim and then they went out to the woods where the taxi dropped her off and they found the suitcase full of the rest of the body so <laughs> rough day huh at first, Zhang tried to say she killed the woman in self-defense after they had had an argument, but after the police found the searches on her web browser and started connecting some <laughs> dots, she admitted that she had planned the murder for science, literally because she was obsessed with true crime and she wanted to know what it felt like. Zhang does say she feels sorry for what she did. The police describe her as a loner who had been unemployed since graduating high school, who had a lot of anger towards her father for remarrying and making her live with her grandfather, who she didn't get along with. Um, authorities also said they're okay. conducting tests to see if she's a psychopath, which isn't a bad idea. And... A criminal profiler and police administration professor, Bae Sang-hoon, believes that her isolated lifestyle potentially triggered psychopathy, 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 and that Zhang was unable to distinguish between reality and the virtual world while committing the murder. So, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't disagree with that assessment. That yeah, sounds... sounds Sounds right. But she was indicted on June 21st on charges of murder, corpse desecration, corpse abandonment, and theft. So I don't know really much well, about the South Korean um, system. I think it's a lot better than ours. Yeah. I just don't know. Yeah, like I, I don't know if they're going to be very lenient. I don't think they're going to be very lenient, but I, I feel like they have... Like, I don't think they're going to be horrible monsters about like punishing her yeah like they're not like i don't think they have the death penalty right well she might I get a life sentence but she'll get a life sentence right. in a maybe clean prison maybe a clean facility I don't know. yeah like maybe it'll be like swedish prison where swedish prison uh, looks dope i would absolutely go to swedish yeah. prison <clears throat> i didn't realize how dope prison could be until i read girl with the dragon tattoo when you loaned it to me <laughs> And the <laughs> listeners, if you've never read it or seen the movie, uh, he goes to a Swedish prison because he has to, um, he just has to be in jail for like four weeks and they like let him have a laptop. Oh, totally. And he just works on his book the whole time and he gets a shit ton of writing done because he's allowed to. They also have windows. I don't know, man. It seems pretty lit. It seems pretty cool. And their rooms, like I've seen the pictures of like the that you know the quote-unquote cells one like i yeah they're almost all single cells and it looks like mm -hmm. a dorm it's like a pretty comfy looking bed and like bookshelves and a you know place for your computer and a tv with a remote like it just seems pretty okay yeah like it's still jail it's just not like 
now I eat slop from a bowl. Yeah. Well, I hated that story. Yeah, sorry about it. That was really sad. And that woman seems like an asshole. Yeah, not a fan. Not a fan, Zhang. I do feel like there are plenty of people in the world who enjoy, or not not enjoy, like are interested in true crime who would never hurt anyone. But like you just, yeah. you know, there are people like I'm not a huge fan of people who are like, oh, I love true crime. Here's my cough, my Jeffrey Dahmer coffee mug. It's like, oof, I don't know if we should buy his merch. Ooh. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, I he also, I have seen, like, every true crime documentary that's ever been made. So I can't say, like, I'm not a fan of true crime. Um, so when people right. like this exist, it just sort of makes me feel even more shame for one of my interests. Yeah, but, you know, it's kind of like when people are like, oh, I'm really into boxing. And you're like, oh, okay. And then some people are like, I'm so into boxing that I punch all of my family and I <laughs> hit my wife and yeah, my kids. True. And you're yeah. like, oh, oh. okay. Well, I feel like you can be into boxing and not put fist to face here. Okay. So please stop me if you've already covered this. I don't remember you ever covering this. Okay. But it's been seven years. I can't believe you never would have. I... You honestly could tell me a story that we have covered, and I would I I I wouldn't know. I mean, maybe I will, but there's a chance that you could tell me a story that I've already heard, and I would I would listen to it like it was the first time because my brain is mush. Go on. Well, yeah, and I've I've imbibed in a lot of true crime, and I don't remember this story ever. Mm, okay. So you know, but we'll see. Maybe I've heard it on four different true crime podcasts I listen to. Okay. It was 11 p.m. on Halloween night oh. in 1957. Oh. Peter Fabiano's doorbell rang. Mm -hmm. And he went to the door and he opened it and he said, it's a little late for this, isn't it? Well, those were his last words oh, before boy. he was shot by the woman standing at his door, holding up a paper bag that concealed a gun. The stranger answered the homeowner's query in a deceptively deep voice. No. No, it's not too late for this murder. Yeah. Which, all right. <clears throat> you don't have to. You're already shooting the guy. Yeah. Like, don't try and be pithy. So Peter's wife, Betty, ran to the door to see the commotion, but nobody was there. But her husband had been fatally wounded. I don't know if you heard about this, but he's already dead. And I told you that. Oh, shit. And yeah. And actually, we never found out why. And that's the end of the story. I'm just kidding. What? So, <laughs> so Judy, um, Betty's teenage daughter, ran next door to a neighbor's house because he was a police officer, mm -hmm. and nine one one didn't exist at the time. So, if you needed the police, you just ran around shouting, yeah. "Like I need a police, police officer!" Someone. And you were just, you were just like, "Tell the person next to you, and then tell them to yeah. tell someone." Telephone. And then by the time it gets to the police, they're like, there are bears breaking into a Krispy Kreme <laughs> donut truck, I think is what I heard. <laughs> um. So anyway, they got the police officer to call the police and he was taken to the hospital. And as I've said, he Dead. died at the hospital. Damn. So... When Betty told her pol the police her account of Halloween night, she explained that she thought there were two people at the front door, two men, and she thought one of them was pretending to be a woman. And when asked if Peter had any enemies, she gave them one name, Joan Rabble. Joan Rabble? <gasps> Wait, is this a... 
I think I know this story. Go on. The wife fucking knows Joan, doesn't she? Go on. Just keep telling me. You see, Peter and Betty owned a hair salon, and when Joan showed up at their salon earlier that year asking for a job, they made the mistake of hiring her. Joan and Betty became best friends. I mean, they were actually all friends. Like, he, she was friends with Peter, yeah. too. But then when Betty and Peter started having issues in their marriage, Betty moved in with Joan. Well, Peter didn't look like how close Joan and Betty were, and it seems like he had good reason. Because despite the fact that Peter was a hairstylist, it turned out that his wife was the gay one in the marriage. No. JK, JK. They were probably both bisexual. Yeah. Well, no, he probably fucked dudes too. And although he did get really upset that they had an unusual relationship, which is 1956 speak for... I think my wife is gay. Yeah, they were gay together for sure. Yeah, but it's just like, well, why are you a hairstylist if you're straight? How dare you? It's 1957. No, no, no son would do that to his father. <laughs> so Betty had decided that she did want to stay in her marriage and moved back in with Peter after telling him that she had indeed been having an affair with Joan. Mm-mm-mm. And apparently Joan was upset, but not too upset to get... Right back on that horse. She met Goldine Pizer, a divorcee who apparently was a friend of Dorothy's as well, which is probably why she got that divorce. I guess she had like a fake marriage with some guy and it didn't work out for some reason. Hmm, weird. So, so Goldine and Joan became great friends, gossiping over coffee together. And Joan told Goldine all about her ex-girlfriend's evil husband. Oh, no. Yeah, so Jones seduced Goldine and convinced her to murder Peter for her. So Goldine bought a gun, waited outside Peter and Betty's house until they turned off their lights and rang the doorbell. She dumped the gun in a dumpster not far from her home, and an anonymous tipster led police to the weapon. And because she bought it, um, they went to find her. Yeah. And when they got to her house, she was like, oh, thank God, because it had been like two weeks. And she was just like, oh, man, this sucked. Um, and Goldine ratted out Jones so hard, like as well, she should have, you know, she should have, but she even said like, I had her, this is a direct quote. I had no motive personally, whatever motive I had was to please Joan. I was always easily influenced. I have been impressionable and always trusting. Hmm. Did that get her out of uh, the murder charge? It did not. Hmm. So Joan and Goldine (laughs) had to go. (laughs) Joan and Goldine had to go through so many rounds of psych evaluations because they were gay, which made the lawyers be like, well, they might be unfit to stand trial because they're so gay. Yeah. And one of the psychiatrists wrote about Goldine Pizer. The only thought that she had was that she had saved her friend Joan Rabble from an evil person. Okay. So then they both pled not guilty and then they pled guilty because it would get them a lower sentence. So they were both sentenced to five years to life. Five years. To life. Right. So Goldie, so this is happening in like 1957, probably 1958 by this time. Yeah. Because it probably would have been the next year. So Goldine was released from prison in 1971 and she lived a normal life and she died in like 1998. She was Mm -hmm. like 83 years old. Betty sold the hair salon after her husband died and basically the same situation. She died in like 1999 at the age of 81. And Joan, we don't know anything about Joan. No one can find her since 1957. Really? 
Yeah. Did she go to prison? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's thought that she probably got released from prison in 1971 around the time that Goldine got out. Yeah. But we don't know. Wow. She could be yeah. anybody. Yeah, I mean, she would definitely be dead by now, but... Not as... Well, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. For some reason in my head, I was like, she was born in 1957. <laughs> but no, she was uh, <laughs> she was like 30 in 1957. So, um, yeah, she's she's gone. She was born in 1917. She was born in 1917? Yeah. Yeah, she's dead. Well, rest in peace, Joan. Uh, sure what? would like to know what you were up to. Ashley. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, I do. she's dead. What do you want? I mean... She well, can rest now. I guess. I don't want her to go to hell or anything. That's when fair. you come back in your next life, though, no, no murdering. You can't be murdering anybody. You can't although, be murdering. I wonder if you get to choose if you come back. Because if they're like, oh, what do, what do you, you want to go back? Uh, I'd like to think that I would be able to be like, oh, no, thank you. Yeah, you can. Can I... Can I stay here because I, the world is being destroyed? The beliefs of many, you do, you can choose when you come back and you sign a soul contract so you know exactly what life you're going to live, who your parents are going to be, uh, what, how short your life is going to be, how you're going to die, the troubles and trials and tribulations that you go through and you, you, you do it. Whether it's a form of like retribution, like you're going to be savagely murdered in this life because you savagely murdered in the last life. And now you need to know how that feels. You know what I mean? Or like your daughter is going to be savagely murdered because you murdered someone's daughter and you need to know how that feels. But you agree to it ahead of time. Huh. Well, then why would anybody go back? Because the thought behind it is, is that. When we cross over, yes, everything is light and love and good, but you don't get to eat good food and you don't get to like laugh really hard with your friends and you don't get to like ride roller coasters and you don't get to have sex and you don't get to. And eventually, yeah, no sex, Amy. You better live forever. (laughs) I love orgasms. Those are my favorite things in <laughs> the world. Keep on living. <laughs> so oh, that's why eventually, you know, yeah, it is all light and love and good. But eventually, Wait, but is there masturbating? Mm-mm, no, there's no like carnal anything. You're just, you're, you're made of light. Technically, your whole life is an orgasm. So you basically have to, if you're just like, oh my God, I want to get laid so bad. You got to go back. That I want to go back to Earth. And then you have to wait like 15 to 20 years yeah. to have sex. But you'll forget. You'll forget that you had sex. That's the cool part is that by the time you're like four, you've forgotten everything. And you, you're That's true. You clean slate. That's true. And then you wouldn't even want to have Don't sex even know what you're before. Missing. Yeah. And you'd be like, I would rather put my fingers up my nose. <laughs> you're like, I'd Hopefully. rather eat a Krispy Kreme. Okay. Um, <laughs> The next segment is called Oh the Horror. Oh the Horror. <laughs> oh the Horror. I'm going to be calling this segment Oh the Horror and this is where I'll be sharing with you all of the upcoming movie, TV, book, documentary news you could possibly interested in so you can set your TiVos to record new release hit pictures. I'm so excited. 
the, about all these movies I'm not going to watch. Yeah. You might watch that. So I have some stuff that's not necessarily horror movie. They're like horror movie adge- adjacent. Like Netflix, for example, mm-hmm. just announced on September 20th that they have a new documentary premiering October 17th, 2023, based on the case that was featured in the third Conjuring movie, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It which was a hot steaming pile of garbage. I think I actually fell asleep. Maybe it was great, but I don't remember it being very good. So this was one of the most sensational murders of the 80s. The very first time in the United States that the devil made me do it defense was used in a murder trial. And uh, basically what happened was that 19-year-old Arnie Cheyenne Johnson stabbed his landlord, Alan Bobo, to death with a pocket knife in Brookfield, Connecticut, and well i mean fuck landlords so seriously like do we even need to hear the story (laughs) yeah (laughs) don't don't hoard housing buddy (laughs) well uh this was definitely a shocking case this kid had no prior episodes of violence or arrests of any kind he was not a delinquent so it definitely came out of nowhere Uh, But when the trial began, it got even wilder because he claimed that all of this started when his 10 year old or the 10 year old brother of his fiance, Debbie, became possessed by the devil. So this family had a priest come and bless their home, but they said it was unsuccessful. So then they contacted Ed and Lorraine Warren to come and help the family, famously from Connecticut. So that was convenient. Um (laughs) And the kid, the 10-year-old, was kicking, biting, swearing, hissing, having seizures and speaking in strange voices while quoting the Bible and John Milton's Paradise Lost, even though the parents insist he did not have prior knowledge of either books. Definitely fucking creepy. Not going to argue with that. Or this kid is a little trickster. Or he's a little trickster. Or the demon inside of him is a trickster. Yeah. What's that horror movie where that lady pretends that she's 10 and she's really 30 and then she kills people? Oh, Orphan? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's that. Yeah. So the family started experiencing strange phenomenon as well. They heard weird sounds coming from the attic, which is giving exorcist. And they started seeing an old man with a white beard wearing a flannel around their house. Creepy. Santa? Santa? (laughs) (laughs) The Warrens insisted it was a demon and performed three subsequent exorcisms on the 10-year-old boy. Supposedly, rumor has it, the young boy also predicted the murder that Arnie Johnson would eventually commit as well. And on February 16th, 1981, Johnson stabbed his landlord multiple times in the chest and stomach and left him to bleed to death. And I will not go any further in case you're unfamiliar with the case and you want to watch the documentary with clear eyes, but the doc is premiering on Netflix October 17th and it should be a lovely addition to your spooky season watch list. That sounds very spooky. It does. Another thing, this is pretty cool for Halloween. A really good collector's item is coming January of 2024. So, okay, I guess you won't get it by Halloween. It's available for pre-order. <laughs> but if you are a fan of Halloween, the series or the movie, it's Halloween Illustrated, which was originally published in 1979 and written by Curtis Richards. It's the official novelization of John Carpenter's Halloween. It's being reprinted in full for the first time. In over 40 years. So that's pretty cool. 
Why would they wait? Okay. Uh, this is like it's some know. Disney think, vault shit. <laughs> I think they wanted, it seems like something they wanted to have available by Halloween and it's just not happening. So you can pre-order it now. It's going to be available in January. But not only that, this version published by Printed in Blood is going to be fully illustrated as well with nearly 100 brand new illustrations. If you're a fan of that, uh, it's a really cool hardcover. There are two cover options. Um, so yeah, Pre-order that at printedinblood.com if you're a huge Halloween fan. It is $50, so you better be a huge Halloween fan if you're going to spend $50 of your hard-earned money on a book. You know me. I am the biggest Halloween fan. Honestly, though, I thought about this, and I was like, novelizations of horror movies would be perfect for Amy because she likes reading and listening to people talk about horror movies, and Mm -hmm. she doesn't like watching them, so... That actually might be a good way to do it. Is Halloween the one where Michael Myers? Yes. Okay, because I always get Halloween mixed up with, I don't know, one Friday of the other guys. 13th. Not Freddy Krueger. I don't think Jason. I get it mixed up with Fred. Jason, yes. What's yeah. Jason from? Friday the 13th. Jason Voorhees. Oh, no, I was. Yes, I always confuse Friday the 13th with Halloween. Yeah. Because that's. Very similar. I wonder if the listeners can hear the crazy thunderstorm that I am in the middle of right now. It's so spooky. I hope the power doesn't go out. It'll be so sad. I I can't hear anything. So they probably can't. Although we never... Your microphone probably... We'll see. We're going to find out. Um, This next one is for my fellow theater kids. I know you're listening out there. (laughs) We're Um, everywhere. Two theater kids right here. The Hollywood Reporter announced this month that Simon Friend, the producer who brought Life of Pi to Broadway, has picked up the license to the Paramount horror series Paranormal Activity with the intent of bringing it to the West End. That Okay, first of all, that sounds very cool. But second, why would you want to watch a play of... Okay. The Life of Pi, I don't know why you'd make that into a play. Isn't it just a dude with well, a boat, tiger? Three- yeah, and it won th- well, it won three Tonys and five Olivier Awards. So apparently, it was a good production. I mean, fair enough. And if you want a guy to, you know, adapt your movie, this seems like the guy to do it. He also did the Da Vinci Code and the Best Exotic Marigold Hotel. Um, so this guy's all over the place. So now he's doing a stage play of Paranormal Activity, which I think is hilarious. Mm-hmm. There's no information about how they're going to be translating the found footage horror movie to the stage. But like I said, this guy's done it before. He could do it again. Yeah. I would watch it. I will say. I probably the I probably the only thing that would keep me from watching it is getting too, too scaled. Scared. Yeah. And then walking out of a play is way more embarrassing than walking out of a movie. Yeah, like yeah. what am I, Lauren Bobart? <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, this will be a, a Lauren Bobart's going to have another spooky live performance to get fondled during. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> As for upcoming horror movie and TV announcements, we've got Hell House LLC Origins, The Carmichael Manor. That is one title. <laughs> Wait, what is that about? Hell House LLC Origins, The Carmichael Manor is the prequel to Hell House LLC, which is the first movie in a series of, I think, three or four movies already. Hell House LLC 
two hell house llc jacob's revenge like i don't fucking know but it's about hell house llc is a pretty popular low budget horror movie i don't particularly like it um lauren loves it but it's about a like haunted house attraction you know where people like dress up and Mm -hmm. scare you uh that's haunted as well by like real ghosts um and they've just made like five of them and they've got another one coming out this Halloween Eve, October 30th. My mom's birthday. Happy birthday, Mom. Happy She's birthday, love Pam. It. <laughs> She's going to love it. That's going to be on Shudder. We've also got a sci-fi thriller in pre-production called Bermuda, which will be set in the Bermuda Triangle. It's going to be directed by Mark Webb, who did The Amazing Spider-Man. But I wouldn't hold my breath because the SAG strike is still happening, even though the WGA strike... Um, is off and well who knows when or if this will actually happen a lot of things that are in pre-production and the strike happens and then they die <laughs> yeah well and also the wga hasn't even finalized True. like they're at a tentative agreement so yeah if it if the members don't vote for it which yeah. they probably will because they're probably all starving to death but probably A24 released their trailer for an upcoming Nicolas Cage film, Dream Scenario, which will be in theaters November 10th of this year. Ari Aster's name is all over this thing, but do not be fooled. He only produced it. It's actually being directed by a Norwegian director named Christopher Borgli. And uh, it looks really great. It's uh, not necessarily horror, but it definitely seems like there's going to be a lot of horror elements And um, Nick Cage plays a family man who finds his life turned upside down when millions of strangers suddenly start seeing him in their dreams. So he like becomes cool. Yeah. You watch the trailer. You'll love the trailer. He like becomes famous because everyone's dreaming. Everyone in the world is dreaming about him. Okay. What is the name of this movie again? It's called Dream Scenario. Okay. And like I said, it's not not super scary. No, no, it's not even horror, but apparently some of the dreams are nightmares. So when they have nightmares about him, like you'll see when you watch the trailer, like there's some kind of scary stuff like with him like chasing people in their dreams. So like there's going to be scary scenes and there's definitely going to be like he does a photo shoot for a magazine in the movie where he wears Freddy Krueger's like knife fingers. (laughs) <laughs> as like a joke because he's in your dreams it it looks like it's going to have a lot of horror elements but it is not a horror movie oh i might so actually might be, be able to watch yeah, it yeah might be amy friendly uh we've got amber heard starring in a horror movie that's hitting theaters on friday october 13th of this year the synopsis is a doctor from new york travels to a remote plantation in the 1890s to care for a disturbed boy who seems to have inexplicable abilities. She begins treating the child, but in doing so, ignites a war of science versus religion with the local priest who believes the boy is possessed by the devil and is the reason for all the village's woes. Honestly, it looks kind of boring, but we'll see. And finally, next month, October 27th, in select theaters and video on demand, you can watch a new horror movie called Suitable Flesh which is based on H.P. Lovecraft's The Thing on the Doorstep and stars Heather Graham and is supposedly the, quote, sexiest, kinkiest Lovecraft adaptation you've ever seen. Yikes. <laughs> okay. okay. I've but never I'm in. actually read any Lovecraft, I don't think. 
I think the it's closest is that really I watched graphic. like the first ten minutes of Lovecraft Country. Yeah, and then, you and then like, I got too scary, really scared, and I. But I wanted to watch it, but I needed a babysitter, and no one, no one, <laughs> everyone to refused to. They were like, "You're 35. You don't like, need a babysitter. You're never too old for a babysitter. You're when never scary too old for on. a babysitter when you scaly, <laughs> scaly. So that suitable flesh is going to be available to watch for free on Shutter in January of 2024 for you cheapskates who want to wait and no shade because I am one of those cheapskates and I will be waiting until January. Yeah, I haven't even seen the Barbie movie yet. Neither have I, or nor nor Oppenheimer. I haven't seen any of the summer's greatest hits. Yeah, well, I just don't give a shit about Oppenheimer. I know what that's about. Oh, I invented a thing I don't like. Yeah, I know. You didn't <laughs> need to know. make this a three-hour movie. He's like, I made this thing. No one use it. Yeah, then you you should have, I don't know. Should have thought about it first. Should have thought about it before you put all those atoms together. I never know when scary movies are coming out unless Ashley that's tells okay. me about that's it. That's my segment. That's your segment. My segment is that I'm going to tell you guys about my favorite scary podcast. Yes, please. Because I got to tell you, a lot of my, you know, I like to be texting with my boys, my boyfriends, and they'll be like, oh, are you into podcasts? What should I listen to that's scary? And I'm like, sit down and get your pen out because I got to <laughs> tell you so many scary podcasts. So one podcast that I really like to recommend to a lot of people is the, called the Let's Read podcast. It is, I'll, I'm just going to read you the tagline. Okay. The Let's Read podcast centers around narrating true, scary experiences from real people just like yourself, ranging from creepy stalkers to paranormal encounters with the other side. My goal is to lull you into beautiful nightmares. I love it. Have you ever listened to it? No, but I am always looking for a podcast to fall asleep to that isn't too high energy. It's very relaxing. His voice is really great. He has a really great voice. The music that he uses, um, he doesn't really do folio. He just plays like kind of barely scary music. It's just kind of low and very quiet. And each episode, so... He does like three YouTube videos per week. I've never seen his YouTube videos. I don't know if anything's on there or if it's just a black screen. But then he cuts everything into like a two and a half hour long podcast. Okay. And so you can play it right before bed. And then however long it plays, you know, you're probably going to fall asleep. Yeah. I would never fall asleep to this podcast. I play it while I I like listen to it while I'm playing video games. <laughs> Love it. What's it called again? It's called the Let's Read Podcast. The Let's Let's Read Podcast. Okay. Yeah, and it's it's like a lot of the scary stories are from like Let's Not Meet. Okay. This next podcast, Ashley, you better know about it cuz you were on it. It is called Stories with Sapphire. I fucking love Stories with Sapphire, dude. Okay, so I'm going to tell you guys about Stories with Sapphire, if in case you've never listened to it. So, and here's her tagline is, join host Sapphire Sandalo, a queer Filipino-American occultist on a mission to add more empathy and diversity to the paranormal, supernatural, and horror communities through stories and interviews from the Philippines and around the world. Each episode includes true stories that share a theme with Sapphire's thoughtful commentary weaving them together. I mean, you know, because you already met her. Hell She's yeah. the best voice. She has such a beautiful voice. The most voice. soothing 
And her Wonderful podcast voice. is produced so well. Mm-hmm. She's so professional. Basically, I'll tell you, when I went on there, I got to go on Stories with Sapphire and tell my entire, like, Ben saga. Mm-hmm. And essentially, her and I, it wasn't the plan. I was just going to tell her, like, a quick little, like, spooky story. But she kept, like, she dug some stuff out of me that I, like, kind of forgot about because we <laughs> talked about it so in depth for so long and it was just her and I talking and then basically she just took and like cut up everything and she does she adds music and like it's just it's a really 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 great show and it's all spooky stories so if you guys like our you know listener ghost stories episodes it's right up your yeah. alley and it's the real people that it happened to that get to tell their stories yeah. which is so cool and also, listeners, I was into Stories with Sapphire before Ashley was ever on it. So it's not like I'm like, oh, yeah, because she like hung out with my friend. No, I liked this show before. Yeah, I remember when I told you that I was going on it and you were like, I love that show. And I, I was like, really? Like, out. I didn't I didn't know the show. Like when she, she had reached out to me and asked if I would come on and um, as a guest and, and I was like, oh, this show it seems kind of popular like yeah i'll go on there and then it was like oh this show rules and one of the things i like is that it really is a lot of stories of indigenous people and people who live in the philippines and the philippines have the best fucking ghost stories because they have a lot of like indigenous religious beliefs and also they're very catholic yeah so then they're also like in catholicism spooky as fuck and they just believe in everything so there's like trillions of ghosts to be worried about <laughs> i fucking love it and then so this is the last podcast that i will talk about i will talk about more next month this podcast is called spooked and so i'll read you the tagline of spooked it's spooks spooked features true life supernatural stories told firsthand by people who can barely believe it happened themselves be afraid it is hosted by glenn washington i loved this podcast so much and got so scared from it i have not listened to it in about four really? years it's so fucking good he has the best voice ever but it was seriously so scary i had to give it up and so part of it was when it first started so i think i first listened to it in 2017 and that's when it came out but they only did episodes from august through october and like oh. the last episode would be like october 26th because it was it was like an anthology series yeah 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 and so then <clears throat> season two i like i waited eight months for it and then you know it came out and then it was super scary and i stopped listening but now it's really cool because now they do an episode each week so they do it all year long and so i'm I'm back into listening to spooky stuff again so i am going to give spooked another try another thing that was frustrating was that I would have to wait 10 months in between seasons and then I would just be like, I'm not fucking I know. waiting I this long. I literally feel bad when I'm like, we're going to take like two months off. Because we I mean, need a break. I, I, I think what they did is they were just like, oh, we'll make like a fun little podcast and then it blew up and they were like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, people seem to like us, so. Yeah, but it's really great. It's basically very similar to stories with Sapphire. Mm -hmm. It's just a little bit more like it kind of gives me like more funky vibe, you know? Funky? Like it's a funky. Like, yeah. Like if you like a little bit. Yeah. Nice. Well, I'm going to listen to Spook too, especially if you say it's scary. Oh my gosh. Ashley, you're going to love it. 
And that's it. And then next month I'm going to bring another podcast or two and then some video games that I like to yeah. play that are that are the video games I play are not the, as scary as the podcast I listen to <laughs> because I'm such a fucking scaredy baby. But here are a few that if you're like a whiny little baby like me, they'll still be a little scary, but you won't get too I scared. I love that because I actually don't like scary video games. I get too scared and I can't play, I can't play them. Yeah. I remember when I was younger, I had like the really old Resident Evil games, and I tried to play mm -hmm. a new one, and I was like, how the oh, fuck no. do people do this? This is so scary. It's horrible. I am so stressed. I was sweating. My hands were wet, and like my back was wet. I couldn't do it. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I feel that way about non-scary video games. Like, I cannot play them like I used to because I get so stressed out when I'm trying to beat a level and then I'm just like, this sucks. Oh, like yeah. my heart is racing at 130 beats per minute. I'm going to die. My biggest bad thing with video games, maybe we'll talk more about it next week, but is just simply that like, if I have to play a level more than three times, the video game is done. I'm not playing it anymore because I am not interested in beating this. Like that is not why I'm playing. <clears throat> I don't want to be challenged <laughs> yeah. I wish every video game had like almost like a walkthrough version where it's like, can't beat this guy. Do you want to move on anyway? Okay, come with me. Okay, let's wrap up the episode with some scary stories. Ooh. Ah. I actually don't have any this week, so you're telling too. Okay. These are stories that I got from 2015's <laughs> Jezebel Scary Story competition. Damn. <laughs> good year. It was a good year. None of them won. So hopefully, you know. And also, if you guys ever want some scary stories, don't look at last year's because last year's, for some reason, like they only got like 600 stories. But there will be like 4,000 stories every year. And they're all pretty good. My oldest three and a half years old, started waking up screaming in the middle of the night about a month to six weeks ago. I'd go get him and immediately he'd say, let's go snuggle. He's three and still in his crib because the missus and I haven't gone to buy him a full-size bed, so let's go snuggle automatically means the couch or my bed. Within a few nights of the screaming, he started to refuse to go to his room desperately fighting me if he was walking, clinging to me, and not letting me put him in his crib if I was carrying him. So one night about two weeks ago, I started walking around the room with him to use him as a barometer of what was scaring him. I knew it was the... I knew it was in the opposite corner from his bed, I just couldn't figure out exactly what it was. Everything in that corner freaked him out, but the worst reaction was to his old changing table. The changing table, which we bought brand new a month before he was born, would elicit screaming terror. I offered to move it into our bedroom. He was too eager to help. He actually got in front of me and shoved it into our room. Suddenly, he was okay with his room. And just this week, he started sleeping through the night again. But my wife, who I think is more sensitive than me, started waking up in the middle of the night on Saturday, grabbing me and asking me to cuddle because she was scared and has every night since. Every morning she can't remember why or some nights can't even remember being scared. That fucking changing table is going to be kindling as soon as I can borrow an axe from someone. <laughs> no shit. 
By the way, sh this happened shortly after our downstairs neighbor, an amateur slash semi-professional ghost hunter, showed us a possession doll that he had been keeping in his car trunk. Supposedly, oh, the previous owner had seen the doll running through his house around 2 a.m. one night. I'm pretty sure he brought the damn thing into the building temporarily right around the time this started. Coincidence? Coincidence? I Probably think not. not. Especially if that old, uh, uh, what did the McElroy say? You could you could bake a potato with all the kid energy coming off of this thing. I Sorry, I was holding the mic away from my face. I've never heard them say that. Oh, it was in uh, the first episode of their TV show that they had, <laughs> and they the whole point is they're trying to uh, they're trying to make a uh, dorm room haunted because the mm -hmm. question that gets asked was um, I'm moving into a dorm and I met my dorm mate and apparently she collects haunted objects. Am I good? And they were like, Well, let's go to the the thrift store, the antique store, and buy a bunch of haunted shit and put it in a room in a dorm room and see if we can haunt the place up. And uh, they go and Griffin finds an old pair of like wooden clogs, like some ch child's clogs. And he goes, you could bake a potato with all the kid energy coming off of those things. <laughs> and that's what I think of all the time. Anytime something like an object is super haunted, I'm like, you could bake a potato with all the haunted energy coming off of that. Well, especially with Haunted Doll Watch. I mean. I know. Yeah. Those things. All right, let's see if I can make it through one more. <laughs> My mother, when I was younger, got a phone call from someone who claimed to be doing a survey. I remember her getting the call. I was around seven or eight at the time, and my sister was five or six. She started talking to this person and answering questions. But as she was talking to him, she got more and more upset. Apparently, the questions went from ordinary, even boring, to extremely intrusive to threatening. Something like... Do you have children? How many do you have? How old are they? How would you feel if something happened to them? She got really scared, hung up the phone, and called the police, who completely blew her off. She was afraid to be home alone with us, so she took us to the mall. She loved shopping anyway and wanted to be in a public place. For weeks, she was freaked out, but eventually figured it was just some random asshole. Then one day, my father showed her an article he'd found in the local paper. They'd just caught a serial rapist. He would call random women, pretending to be taking a survey. He'd start by asking ordinary questions, which grew more intrusive and then threatening. He then told them he'd murder their children if they didn't meet him at a certain time and place. Some of them went, and others refused, and those women he'd call back, pretending to be a police officer. He'd tell them he needed their help to catch the pervert who'd been calling them, and could they meet him at a certain time and place where he'd fit them with a wire before they met the pervert. Then he would rape them, too. Finally, oh one woman stopped by a real police department to confirm with them about the wiretap investigation. They realized what was going on and finally managed to catch the guy. Oh, my God. That's the whole story. That's fucking scary. I know. So this, I will tell uh, listeners, if you guys want to go check out these scary stories, if you haven't read them before, a lot of them from this year were like, I got stalked. Uh, a guy climbed in my window. Ugh. Yeah, like... Like real person horror. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, d there's definitely hauntings and stuff, but a lot, and a lot of people even mentioned it in the comments. They're like, it's really weird how this year, it just, like, it feels more like... 
it popped off i was walking down the street and a car started chasing me and was like yelling at me and you know the men got out of the car and were looking for me and screaming for me while i was like in italy and didn't know what they were saying and i was an exchange student like shit like that yeah, which is still a very, 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 very scary story. <laughs> oh, hell yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just like, if 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 you're the type of person to be like, those are the scariest stories to me, which I am also like that, it might not be the Avoid year for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Try 2016. 2016 is bad because 2016 was like every single story that somebody told was like donald trump wins the election and everybody was like stop saying stop. that it's boring it's every third comment stop it's halloween we want to have a good time and then he did win the election like a week later so so maybe okay you know. so skip 2016 <laughs> 2014 uh, did any horrific things happen that year that i'm forgetting about who knows Probably not. And then every year since 2016 has been a horrific nightmare. So, you know, just read no what you want. No one's reading scary stories. <laughs> there's there's, there's 4,000 scary stories for you to read each year. And they're all horrible. And you'll love them. I love it. Well, that's it for september's weird report thank you so much for joining us we're going to be doing this every single month so if you ever want to hear anything specific um on the weird report if you have a news story you want to submit or whatever you know where to find us you can message us yeah. on patreon you can email us at keep it weird podcast at gmail.com you can call us at six two six six eight six one eight two one and you can leave a voicemail there's so many different ways you can to send of me us. a telegram you could send amy a telegram she just write amy hanselman denver and uh they'll find her they'll find they'll find me they'll get <laughs> they'll they'll get it <laughs> they'll get it she'll 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 get it eventually question how do we want to end these weird reports? Do you want to end them with a song like we did for Keep It Beard? Or do you just want to end it with a quick little, we'll see you next month and keep on being weird? I don't know. Why, why break tradition? Amy, sing us out. I would like a country song. Well, you better watch out for the spooky changing tables. <laughs> You better chop them up just as soon as you are able. Beautiful. Because everything is scary and it's the season to be afraid. <laughs> and if you don't want any cockroaches, you just have to use a little raid. And that's the weird and keep report. it beard. Oh shit! Yeah, and that's the weird <laughs> report. <laughs> we should still end it with keep it beard. Listen, uh, yeah, keep it, keep it beard. beard. <laughs>